What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This podcast is brought to you by DeMarini. Are you ready to join the uprising? More than 150 programs around the nation have, including back-to-back Division I and II national champions, Oregon State and Tampa, and Division III national champion Keene. Log on to demarini.com backslash dnation and check out the Voodoo Minus 3 to see why the SC3 alloy is the most powerful and durable performance alloy on the market. It gives you the pop you need to get along because chicks don't dig the ground ball. The Uprising, coming to a ballpark near you. Welcome once again, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast, college style, along with Aaron Fitt. I'm John Manuel. Memorial Day is a holiday for all you schlubs out there, but not for us in the Baseball America offices. Working hard as the college 64-team field for the Division I NCAA tournament is revealed. Aaron, that always makes for an interesting Memorial Day, but more interesting than usual today, some real surprises, I think, in the 64-team field. Yeah. Generally, I think the ter- we feel the committee did a good job. Mm-hmm. It's you know, they're the usual stronger, weaker regionals, the field, all these kind of things. But to me, Aaron, the the shocking thing is just how uh, there's a team that's in that really doesn't belong, and there's a team that didn't get in that's won the last two national championships. Which is the bigger story, Oklahoma in or Oregon State out? I mean, it's a little bit of both. I guess Oregon State not being in is the bigger story on a national level uh, because. You know, I think that uh, people, the, the average college baseball fan who's not in Oklahoma will probably notice that a lot more than they'll notice Oklahoma being in. You have to look a little bit closer to realize how egregious it is that Oklahoma is in this event. And, and how, how outrageous is it, John? Sonny Galloway sent his team home. Uh, there was an article in the Tulsa World today where he's basically uh, looking ahead to next season. He didn't think there was any way that they were going to get in. He thought they had to win the Big 12 tournament. And, and, and you know, and why would he think otherwise? This is a team uh, that that did not win a single series all year long against um, against the team that made the NCAA tournament. Best series win was Baylor, uh, which did not make a regional. Wow. I mean, you know, wow. Larry Templeton said today at the conference call that the the biggest thing Oklahoma had going for them uh, was an eleven five record against teams in the top one hundred of the RPI in the non conference schedule. Uh, well, that's all well and good. Of course, four of those games are against Washington State, which went to Norman and won three out of four. Uh, and, and you know, this is a team that just did really poorly in the conference season. I, I can't, I can't understand this at all. I think it's baffling. And, and when, when you compare those guys with Oregon State, uh, which won five series, John, against regional teams, including three against number one seeds, Arizona State, Arizona, um, and. Uh, uh, 
somebody else, John. I'm drawing a blank. Arizona <laughs> State, Arizona, and... and uh, well, they beat UCLA in a series as well. UCLA, Pepperdine. They beat Georgia as a number Georgia. one seed. Thank beat. you, John. That's the last number one seed. That's five, five series against one or two seeds. I mean, I understand that their their overall record wasn't gaudy. Their RPI was a little bad. They had a couple of bad losses. Uh, but I think Oregon State... You know, and, and to be fair, John, I didn't have either of these teams in. In my last projection last night, I had College of Charleston as the last team in. Um, I think you can make a case for Charleston or Oregon State. You cannot make a case for Oklahoma. It really seems to me that the only excuse for this is if you look at the RPI, and this is not the official one, but Boys World's RPI. You go Oklahoma 41 and Oregon State 59. You know, Washington State's right there at 42, which is kind of funny. And College of Charleston's 53. To me, Aaron, the committee just went uh, on RPI, and that's what you do when you don't have enough other information, when you don't have good information, when you aren't informed about the process, when you aren't informed about the teams, when you follow it the last month of the season, when you're an administrator who doesn't really know college baseball. And I'm sorry, that's the way the committee has to be seen. That's the light you have to look at them when they take a team like Oklahoma. There's only one reason to take them, RPI. There's no other reason. Uh, every college baseball coach plays for the weekend and plays for their conference regular season. The conference matters more than anything else. Any coach will tell you that. Any coach. And 9-17 and 17 in the league? No, Mojo, nuh-uh. You just don't get in at 9-17. and 17. And even Sonny Galloway knows that. And uh, it's really, I think, embarrassing, embarrassing that the tournament, that the committee put them in. It's embarrassing not that they put them in instead of Oregon State. Hey, look, Oregon State only won 28 games. Guess what? I don't think Oregon State really earned its way in either. I think that's. I think leaving Oregon State out is perfectly defensible if you've got the right teams in. And, and like I said, in my last field, I didn't have the Beavers in. Yeah. But but and hey, Charleston. Oklahoma State. And hey, and hey, Charleston didn't really have any signature wins either. Exactly. At some point, though, you have to pick out a 64th team. Apparently, Oklahoma wasn't even the 64th team. They're 63rd, and UC Davis is 64th because UC Davis gets in as a four seed as an at-large. That's also, you know, again, an RPI deal. And to me, Davis is 52 in the RPI, Charleston 53, Oregon State, as we said, 59. But St. John's is 58, and St. John's got in. Yeah. Where's Missouri State, for example? I mean, why, why don't you even take you know, some of these teams? I don't think we're in the discussion for the committee. I really don't. And they're at 55 in the RPI. I mean, take the teams that do well in their conference it's harder for a team like Missouri State, like Charleston, to schedule a difficult non-conference slate than it is especially for a team. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard, much harder for a team like Oregon State geographically. It's harder for the mid-majors, though, to get any games. No one's going to come play Charleston at yeah. Charleston for a weekend series in non-conference. No and no one's going to come play, for sure, Missouri State. You don't have to, so you don't. Uh, that really is a almost indefensible selection, and I really think that the Oklahoma selection is made on a lack of information, and then the only shred you have is RPI, so you stick to that shred of information, and that's what the committee did. It's the Baseball America podcast, a disgusted edition, apparently. I actually thought the committee did pretty well, you know, Aaron. General John, I thought they did, too, and, and they only had one really bad selection as opposed to last year when they had two with Troy and Memphis, so I guess if you're, if you're counting sheer number of completely inexplicable choices... At least, uh, at least they've, they've improved in that department. But I'll be honest with you, I don't think the Larry Templeton. If you want to, you know, the, when you talk about Supreme Courts, you got the Burger Court, you got the Warren Court, or whatever, you got the John Roberts Court. Uh, whenever you, you want to go by conference chair people, chairman, uh, the Larry Templeton Court, the, the committee has been a committee that's made some really 
zonked out choices, some really indefensible choices, some ill-informed choices, and that's just a bad track record. And see you later, Larry Templeton. Enjoy retirement now that you're not going to be AD at Mississippi State anymore. I mean, just enjoy it. Get out of college baseball. You're not good for it. That's all the – nothing, nothing personal against the man, but – Heading the committee just have these major flubs, and I'm I'm glad he's not in charge of the committee anymore. You know, I have to agree with you, Joe. It's uh, it's, it's harsh the way you put it, but it's I don't care. You know, I think it's fair. I'll uh, Larry Templeton come out to 4319 South Austin Avenue. We'll settle it like <laughs> men, and, and that's fine. I mean, he can tell me I'm wrong and tell me to stick it all he wants to. Uh, it's nothing personal, but with him in charge of the committee, they've made bonehead, ill-informed decisions. And the biggest problem to me, again, Aaron, is a lack of information. Clearly, they're not educated about these teams, or else they would not have taken Oklahoma. That's, it, it, that's all there is to it. It's the Baseball America steel cage match. Here. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. Uh, me, me against Ron, I, I, as long as he doesn't bring Ron Polk as his manager, then I'm in trouble. I think Ron Polk would do anything to win that one. Let, let's talk, John. Uh, about, let's talk about uh, something better on the field. Let's talk about another one of, of the surprises to me, which is uh, the the ridiculously difficult path that was given to the number one overall seed in this tournament, Miami. Uh, you know, I can't think of a, a regional that's, that's got more pratfalls than this. Uh, Missouri, number two. Uh, Ole Miss, number three. These are two teams that were in our preseason top six. I think two teams, uh, uh, two of the six deepest pitching staffs in the nation by my count, Joe. A lot of talent. Uh, a lot of talent on both those teams. I was thinking before these, these brackets came out uh, that Missouri and Ole Miss were two of my Omaha sleepers that I felt very strongly about. Um, you know, and they're now in the same the same regional with Miami, only one of those teams is going to advance. There's there's three teams that I that I felt pretty sure were Omaha teams. Uh, two of them aren't going to make it. Really, the last few years, those have been three very steady super regional teams, Aaron. Yeah. And this year, they're not only one of those three teams will get into a super regional. And frankly, Bethune Cookman has a lot of veteran players who've been to regionals year after year after year. It wouldn't shock me if you're Ole Miss or Missouri and you lose that first game, and you got Bethune Cookman because let's face it, Miami's going to beat Bethune Cookman. Um, and they get stunned by Bethune-Cookman, and your season's over just like that. It would not shock me. And then, on top of that, Aaron, the Miami Regional is paired with the Michigan Regional in a Super Regional. Michigan is a team that won a Regional on the road last year. They're home this year. Arizona is the one there. Arizona is a very talented team, number two in our preseason preseason, uh, poll. You also have Arizona with all kinds of pitching, fantastic bullpen. Kentucky's a three-seed, a dangerous three-seed, a very offensive three-seed. That's going to be a tough regional for Miami, but also a tough super regional matchup. Right. And, and if you compare that, John, to, to what the, the road that North Carolina has in front of it, yeah. I don't think it's any comparison. Uh, North Carolina, you know, UNC Wilmington, Elon, Mount St. Mary's uh, are in that, that carry regional with the Tar Heels. Who's the better two, Wilmington or Missouri? I mean, come Missouri. On. It's, you Who's know, the I, better three, Ole Miss or Elon? Ole, Ole Miss, Miss, frankly, stacks up favorably talent-wise with UNC Wilmington. And I, and I really like UNC Wilmington's program. Yeah, I do think they've right. got talent. I think they're a very uh, solid club. But come on. I would actually take Wilmington over Ole Miss this year. Ole Miss is inexplicable. They don't play up to their talent level. Sure. But, I mean, but as far as upside goes. Oh, no doubt. And as far as a two versus a two, you definitely take Missouri. And three versus three, you definitely take Ole Miss over Elon. And if you no look at the regional that they're, they're paired with, uh, Coastal Carolina or Arizona, I mean, I like Coastal, but Arizona's a lot more dangerous. And let's face it, Coastal's never been to Omaha. Uh, Andy Lopez has taken three teams to Omaha, and he's won a national championship at Pepperdine. Right. I mean, the, the, Arizona is the stronger team. 
And then, yeah, again, number East two. Carolina or Michigan. I mean, it's kind of a push. win the head-to-head against Michigan. But that was before the Wolverines really got going. I think both those teams are pretty good. I think Michigan's a little bit more dangerous. Michigan also won a regional last year on the road. Right. East Carolina has not done that. Right. Alabama is your three, and you know, that, that's tough. That, that's a pretty good three, but Kentucky was better than them in the SEC. So those two, re- you're right, North Carolina's path is much easier, in my opinion, on paper than Miami's. A couple of the regional thoughts here, and that really jumped out to me. Usually, it's a West Coast regional that is the strong one, but we're gonna have a little Baseball America grudge match here in the uh, in the Fullerton regional. Cal State Fullerton, the top eight national seed, had a fantastic season yeah. uh, after not being in the preseason top twenty-five. Meanwhile, preseason number one UCLA finished strong. I think the Bruins are dangerous for the Titans. This was a rematch of last year's Super Regional, right. but the, the bottom. Have, I'm sorry. You know, no, go ahead. Gone. Titans have had UCLA's number this year. I think they're 3-0 against UCLA, if I recall. Uh, but throw it all out when you get to this postseason. I mean, the way the way Tim Murphy has been pitching lately and and, and, and Gavin Brooks has been pitching lately, uh, or, or rather uh, Charles Brewer, I mean, those yeah. two guys in particular, you know, UCLA shut out Cal twice this weekend at Berkeley. Um, and Cal's really a very good offensive team. Cal's the second-best offense, in my mind, in the Pac-10. Maybe the third-best offense. You could put them Stanford. or Stanford, kind of a push. But, uh, no, that's going to be a very tough regional, I think, for Fullerton. They have a dark horse there in Virginia, which finally played pretty well this week in the ACC tournament. Right. Went 3-1 and one in the tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Lost in the championship game. I think Virginia's kind of a fraud. I think they were good to get a three, a three seed. They played a horrible non-conference schedule, and they really didn't beat anybody yeah. in the ACC regular season. They did beat North Carolina twice in four games. Uh, they played. I, so. I think Virginia probably has the most pitching of, in the, of any team in that regional, but I really worry about the... Uh, the ACC team going to the West Coast and having a that agree. style of play out there. Uh, I don't expect Virginia to win that regional, even though they, they are very talented, especially on the mound. I don't either, but that's a tough one. And then the Stanford regional, also out, out West, I want to focus on those a little bit because they're usually tougher. Uh, Pepperdine, a very solid two. I think that you always thought they were a little bit better than I did. And then without Brett Hunter, and they didn't pitch Brett Hunter this weekend in the West Coast Conference Championship Series. Yeah. It's a young team. It's a young pitching staff. Eric Thames, their top hitter, their outfielder is a little banged up. Will he be back? Uh, I think some serious question marks for Pepperdine. To me, they earned a two seed, but they're kind of a wounded two seed. They are. Arkansas, the three, did not even make the SEC tournament. I know they played better down the stretch, but they did lose two out of three to Mississippi State, right. which, you know, Ron Polk fired up or not, they were terrible uh, most of the season. And then UC Davis is a dangerous four. I don't think it's an easy regional for Stanford, but they I did get Jeremy Bleich back at the end of the season. I do think it's probably a, a lot easier than, than, than the path for Fullerton yeah. or Long yeah. Beach. Yeah. Uh, you know, because if, if you look at, uh, like you said, Pepperdine's a wounded two. I just thought they'd make a conference tournament and they're having to go halfway across the country. Look at Long Beach, John. San Diego That's a tougher as one. a two, which in my mind should have been a one seed. I had them as the one seed in Ann Arbor. I, can, I think you can defend the Arizona selection out there instead. They were higher in the RPI. Uh, but San Diego did win the West Coast Conference regular season and uh, championship series. Uh, they had a lot of wins midweek against teams like Long Beach, Fullerton, UC Irvine, UCLA. Uh, really, I thought San Diego, especially on talent, we know how good they are uh, talent-wise on the mound. I mean, and they're playing their, their best baseball right now. I talked to a couple of their coaches this weekend, and they're very excited about the way they're playing. I think that uh, in spacious Blair Field, that plays right to that team's strengths, too, with all their arms. Yep. I think San Diego is very dangerous there. And Cal is a three. We talked about them all year long. Really like their talent. On both sides of the ball, especially offensively, they're the best offensive team in that regional. Fresno State is a four. Was it was a preseason top twenty-five team for us? Right. Brandon Tanner Shepherds is hurt. 
that obviously changes the complexion of their team. But but you know it wasn't just Shepherds. Uh, you know, for us in the preseason, we like guys like Jesse Wilson and Justin Miller and uh, Steve Allison. They, you know, they've got talent on that team. That's a very good four seed. They are every year. Uh, they were last year. You know, for for San Diego, they were. Absolutely, they were yep. tough for San Diego. So that's a tough regional for Long Beach State. I think that's probably the toughest regional from top to bottom in the country, even tougher than Miami's, because I, I think Fresno is, is more dangerous than Bethune Cook. You know, I think I agree with you. The more I think about that, I thought it was Miami's regional, but now I think it's Long Beach State regional. Uh, couldn't happen to a better guy, Neil Adler. Enjoy all that, Neil, uh, with Long Beach State. But uh, Baseball America podcast, let's wrap up real quick, Aaron. You've got to go chat. Dallas Baptist gets in as a two seed. Yeah. TCU gets in as an automatic Mountain West regular season and tournament champions and a three seed. Was there an explanation given on the teleconference you know, for that one? It, it was not a very uh, good, not a good one, I'm sure. Larry Templeton basically said that uh, the regional advisory committee had ranked Dallas Baptist ahead of TCU, and so that's who they went with. Um, Are? <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I don't know what that means exactly. Scooby Doo's uh, flummoxed by that one. But uh, but TCU, I thought, you know, <laughs> winning the, the Mountain West conference. Um, and the Mountain West Conference Tournament, I mean, come on. You know, Dallas Baptist has had a good year. Uh, I, I think you can almost, you can you can defend them as a two, but not against Texas Christian head-to-head. I just don't see how you can make that choice. That, to me, was uh, definitely a head-scratcher. Um, you know, I think that was probably the only, the only other thing here that really stands out to me as a glaring, uh, you know, surprise. I thought that... The thing is, again, it's easy for us to sit here and nitpick the committee and little things they did right or wrong. But guess what? This is coaches, you know, people like, like Clemson didn't get in. Uh, how's Clemson any different from Oklahoma State, honestly? I, don't, I mean, Oklahoma, I, we keep mixing those up. I don't see how Clemson is any different from Oklahoma in terms of their resume. Uh, the ACC just as strong at the top, if not stronger. And, and they went at 11-18, well. which is a couple more wins than 9-17. and 9-17, John, I can't get over that. I'm sorry to keep belaboring this point, but... I can't get over it either. And again, Dallas Baptist, a point we made in a podcast has been lost to the uh, sands of time. But, uh, you know, Dallas Baptist played a lot of Thursday through Saturday games. They don't have a conference weekend series, so they can always put their top guy out there in midweek games. I'm not trying to put a ding in Dallas Baptist. They certainly deserve to be in the field. But it's hard to, just, uh, in my opinion, to justify them over Texas Christian uh, as a, a two versus a three. Uh, that's quibbling, I know, but uh, Dallas Baptist, kudos to that to that ball club and that program for getting in as an independent. They did everything they had to do to get in as an independent, but I have a hard time seeing how they're a, th- a two-seed in Oral Roberts is a three. Oral Roberts usually handled them head-to-head, and similar programs, and Oral Roberts really gets knocked down because they're in a conference that's awful, and Dallas Baptist gets gets a benefit of the doubt by being an independent. There's no other way to put it. Um, New Orleans does get in as a bubble team. Missouri State not in. Uh, any other teams that were on the bubble besides Kyle Charleston that you thought maybe had a chance to get in? Baylor? Baylor, maybe. I thought Baylor certainly had a better case than Oklahoma. They finished higher in the conference standings. Uh, and, you know, they, they also had a better a better series win to hang their hats on. They beat Oklahoma State two out of three. I mean, I know they lost the head-to-head series to Oklahoma, but, uh, I mean, beating Oklahoma State is, is it speaks louder than beating Baylor. Um, you know, so yeah, I think so. I, you know, I just think that uh, I don't think Baylor should have been in either, but I think they should have been in over Oklahoma. Hard to believe Oklahoma eighth in the league, a half game out of last place, and they get in. Now, really, uh, I think we're going to get some some lovely mail from Sooners fans, but I just don't get it. I, I can't I imagine, John, that any Sooner fans thinks that, that this should be a regional team. 
I mean, their, their own coach didn't expect them to be a regional team. I mean, they're 10 games over 500, and nine of those wins are early season. Arkansas, Pine Bluff, North Dakota State, Western, Western Illinois. Illinois. I mean, it's really uh, it's shocking. It's really shocking that this team is in the NCAA tournament field. Aaron's got to go pod, uh, got to go chat. I'm done podcasting. It's a Baseball America podcast. Aaron, why don't you just briefly tell people what they have coming up later this week at BaseballAmerica.com, both podcast style and also in the old conventional online with what we're going to do, how we're going to cover the NCAA tournament. John, it's, uh, it's regional bonanza week here at Baseball America. Uh, you can find, of course, our epic uh, two-part hour-long podcast previewing uh, these regionals uh, one at a time. That's epic. Gonna be, that's going to be going up, I believe, what, Tuesday and Wednesday this week, or Wednesday and Thursday, maybe? I think it's Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, and we're also going to have regional capsules, uh, in-depth capsules for all sixty or all 16 regionals. There you go. Um, uh, those will be going up later this week as well. So uh, be sure to check back at BaseballAmerica.com for uh, all the preview materials you could really ask for here when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Well, we do thank you for the download on the podcast. We love doing them here at Baseball America and BaseballAmerica.com. We'll see you later this week, as Aaron just said, with the 64-team breakdown, regional by regional, breaking the teams down and picking every single regional. You only hear that here at BaseballAmerica.com. For Aaron, I'm John. So long, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.